everybody. Welcome to Love People and Make Money. This is Kelly McCausey, and I'm joined by my special co-host, Jennifer Burke from Mighty Marketing Mojo. Hi, Jen. Hi, Kelly. And we have a special guest with us, Tanya Smith from GetNoticedWithVideo.com. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Glad to be here. This is an audio podcast. I wish everyone could see. Tanya, you look amazing. <laughs> Your set, you. Your set is so pretty. <laughs> so on brand. And I know you've been revamping that set all this fall. So you look even better than always <laughs> for video. Thank you. you know. <laughs> so yeah. when, uh, when I asked Jennifer... Uh, who would you like to interview during your your co-hosting stint? And and you mentioned Tanya. So let me ask you, Jennifer, why would you want to talk with Tanya? <laughs> so I, I think Tanya's the boss. And I've taken inspiration from her in streaming and streaming video. And to to show up, to show up as you are, to connect with your audiences and to have that conversation. And I just... I love how she leads her community, you know, and I love how she makes connections with people when she's, you know, on video. There was one chat we were on. I'm like, oh, my goodness, girl, you you were juggling multiple platforms and the people that have chimed in and were giving you so much love on on so many different, you know, platforms where you were streaming simultaneously was just really impressive. And <laughs> so I like being around that energy. When someone does something, makes it look easy, and you know it can't be that easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it make, makes me really curious about what kind of person gets to that point. So, so Tanya, why video of all the content marketing genres you could play with? Why does video attract you? Um. That's a really good question because it was not where I started, as you know, because I've known you for a very long time. Um, video for me was a, a, a desperation move, honestly, because I had given all that I could in every other format. I had done everything that I thought I was supposed to do when it came to social media and I was finding that my reach was grinding to a halt. And I felt like I'm just churning. I'm putting out all this content and it's going nowhere. Nobody's seeing it. Nobody's no, Nobody knows anything about what I can do. I can't reach people. I can't get new clients. I just felt a sense of you either do something really dramatic or you just let this thing go. Make a decision. Make a choice. Because I felt you know, the whole imposter syndrome phrase that's been thrown around a lot. But I really felt like I was out here preaching to people and telling people, yeah, use social media, use social media. But it wasn't working for me. Right. And finally, I had to just make a call. And I said, you know what? I've been hearing live stream video, live stream video, do video, get on camera. I'm going to try it and see what happens. And so I made a commitment to try it, but not just let me do it today and see if it works. And if nobody shows up, 
Oh, well. I, I bathe right. it. Yeah, you know, because that's what we do, right? We do these yes. short-term commitments and then it doesn't work. And then we give ourselves the out. Like, yeah, I tried it and it didn't work. Yeah, social media didn't work. Email didn't work because, you know, one post, one email, one video. Yes. You knew better. Yes. So, and I know myself very well and I would have copped out. So I said, I'm going to try it for a year. I'm going to try doing one video, maybe even two every week for an entire year and see what happens. And when I did that, it changed everything. It changed the trajectory of my reach. It changed changed me personally. Um, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations during that time. So it wasn't simple, but I grew from all of the things that all of the things that I kept running up against, all the different walls that I didn't know were going to pop up, I was able to either jump over them or break through them. And it helped me to, it helped me to be a better mom. It helped me to be a better, wow. like everything. Because my kids got to see, I have two daughters. They got to see me become more and more confident and courageous, even being on video and talk to more and more people. And as an introvert in a household full of introverts, that was something that they hadn't really seen and they needed to see that. And I was able to say to them, not just say, use your voice. If you want something, use your voice, speak up. It doesn't matter what that other person said you are. Resist the label they were able to see that in the action because of video, which is crazy because I didn't think it was going to do all of that. <laughs> I just thought, hey, this is going to help me with my social media reach. <laughs> that is inspiring. And talk about reach that you reached so much, so much more. Um, I love that you mentioned, you know, being an introvert and I actually am as well. And yet it's also interesting. We both found that video video fit for us, live streaming video fit. And I, I think if you told me that when I started as well, I'm like, oh no, no, you know, I didn't want to put my face on video. I didn't, I wouldn't want to go out there and do that live. And yeah. I wonder what that magic switch is, you know, how it is that that helped us as introverts, as you said, to, to actually get out there and to be us and authentic selves um, yeah. and to connect with people. I don't even know what the, um, I don't know why it was a formula. Here's what I'll say. I, I heard this the other day from Evan Carmichael, who is also an introvert, um, but really popular on YouTube and other media spaces. Neil Patel, introvert. There are a lot of different marketing gurus, I'm doing air quotes, and experts that are out there that have had a lot of success using the camera, but then you find out they are introverts. Um, I don't know what the formula is or why that is true. Here's what I'll, I'll, I'll guess at it. I'll guess at it based on my former days as a uh, beauty consultant in Dallas <laughs> um, who was forced to come out of her shell and go do these networking events. You remember the networking, the old traditional mm -hmm. ones where you had to go to all the chambers and you go to all these different spaces and you hand out a thousand business cards and then you get a thousand, a truckload of them back. You never talk to anybody. <laughs> like you got all these cards. I never, I can't think of one single phone number I called or email that I followed up. Maybe there was one or two, 
But what I realized in doing all of that, all of that churn was I couldn't talk to a hundred people. That just wasn't my happy place, but I could talk to one. I could go into those spaces with a goal of, look, if I leave here, just knowing one person on a deeper level, having more depth in the conversation versus having to talk to 50 different people about nothing, that felt more satisfying to me. And I believe that video is a similar channel because when I first started, especially, I wasn't talking to a thousand people. Right. Even today, like I'm talking to one, the one person that needs to hear what I have to say, the one person that could potentially change their mind about where they were getting ready to go. And now they're on a path to where they want to go and need to go. So I feel like maybe it has something to do with that, but that's a total guess. <laughs> this is me just processing out loud. I wonder, so I'm not an introvert. I think of myself as an ambivert because I can do both. Um, yes. But I have so many friends who are introverts and I see them on stage or in a room and I see them when they're not on stage and in a room. Like it's kind of fascinating to see, like just throwing out Nicole, for an example, Nicole Dean. Mm -hmm. I know her mm -hmm. so well. I know what it's like to hang out with her alone in a hotel room for days on end brainstorming and what it's like to be with her in a big event with lots of people and to watch the introvert navigate that. I, from my perspective, I think it's a, it's a role. Um, it's a role that she slips into today. I am today. I'm public Nicole. And I genuinely like these people. You know, there's the joke about introverts saying it's too peoply out there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's truly a joke. It's, it's a tongue in cheek. Cause like, all the introverts I know really do love people. Yes. And for the sake of loving on those people, they they play a role. I shall be social. I shall interact. Mm -hmm. I, I shall not run and hide. I you know I'm gonna play this is the role I play for this purpose. And and I say that like I'm not, I don't want anyone to hear me as saying like that, it's like it's fake. Mm -hmm. Not fake at all. It's but it's a chosen role. I will show up. I will be all in for this purpose. Now yeah. in video, it's a little different because you don't have the live interaction or expectation of it from a, from other people. Mm -hmm. But it is. Don't, doesn't it still feel like a role? It, and it's interesting that you say that. And, and also, what what Tanya had said is that. In that moment, yes, there's that one person we want to connect to, you know, and even if we're in a large group or, you know, like Nicole or I were on a stage somewhere, it's the, this is what I'm going to do so that I can try and connect and reach that one person who needs to, to hear me, you know, mm -hmm. in amongst that, that crowd. And I know that, you know, I know when I first started doing live streaming video, whether there was one blinking eye on the icon showing that was watching or, or many more than that. Talk to one person. Exactly. You're talking 
and I'm going to play the role of I want to connect with somebody here. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was like for this for Tanya. I mean, yes, it's different if we get to see them face to face. I loved it when I got comments. I loved it when someone I'm like, yay, there's a person and what I'm reaching them and like, yay. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's not the same as face to face, but there's still a connection there. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't know. I'm trying to process through the idea of it being a role because I feel like, as, especially at the age I am now, <laughs> I resist roles and labels. I, I feel like at this point in my life, I'm going to be who I'm going to be wherever I am. And that's on video. That's off of video. I have um, accepted the idea of me. Mm -hmm. I know who I am. I'm pretty confident about who I am. And what my beliefs are and what I value and what I hold dear. So when I'm on video, when I'm on camera, it's never somebody different. Now, I would say when I get off, it might be eight o'clock in the afternoon. It could be five o'clock. I might be ready for a nap. Yeah. That part, right? I might that, be ready for yes. a nap. And I may not, I'm not part. trying to schedule any type of coaching or call. In fact, I don't schedule anything on those evenings when I know I'm going live. That's another benefit of scheduling, like having a recurring day, because I know I can block off the rest of that evening so that I can recover from having all of that like energy going out on camera. But I feel Absolutely. the same. Like, I feel the same on, off. I, I don't know that I. It, it's something yeah. that attracted to me to you, you know, watching your videos, Tanya, to know that 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 is you, that your people are getting you. And I'm wondering, you know, did that come from your year of the video experiment to sort of find your way to that path of being the Tanya you get on video is the Tanya you'd get, you know, if we were hanging out in period. person, the Tanya you're going to get in courses, lessons, the, the period, that's Tanya. And I know for me, experimenting and getting more comfortable was you're going to get me, you know, I might swear on video. There are going to be days I'm in the hat on video. There's going to be, you know, my set doesn't look as gorgeous as Tanya's squad goals. And mine didn't here. start out this way. Right. You know, squad goals. Yeah. So, um, I, I'd say for those who've been, you know, uneasy about it, some of it is you find yourself doing that through the process. Yeah, I think it's definitely been a journey. I started in a, actually, I had a lot of different spaces that I tried out. I started in a walk-in closet. I tried doing it in our office. We have an office downstairs that just has a lot going on in it. <laughs> like, it's too much. Um I wanted to create a space where I felt empowered, but I learned how to do that because I knew there were moments in my, my live journey where I didn't feel empowered, where I would have trolls and people that would come on and say things that could have, that did in some ways take me off the path. So, yeah, I think you made a good point, Jennifer, about the whole process of being live for a year. A lot of that is what kind of, helped me to feel comfortable about 
look, I mean, if you don't want to be here, you can go find the next video. <laughs> right. But here's the other thing that also, and I've been exploring this recently. The other thing that has also gotten me to this place, I think some of our experiences in our youth um, with family members, with non-family members, just the experiences that we've had, I've started reflecting a lot on some things that have happened. And I realized I used to let people step all over me. Mm. I used to be a person who, who just allowed myself to stay silent um, and didn't give myself permission to speak, which is why I'm so big on that with my daughters now, because I felt like I wasn't entitled to be able to do that. Like either you haven't earned your seat or you're not worthy. You're not of value like those other people who are in those big seats. Um, and I think that's just a growth process. I think it's a maturing it's a maturity thing too. All of those things combined along with the video thing, all of that got me to where I am now. And I feel like everyone has the opportunity, but not everybody says yes mm -hmm. to the growth. Instead, we say, no, no, I'll never get on camera. I've heard people say that. I'll never get on camera. I'll never do that. And I used to say it. So now what I'm pretty clear about for people who say that they're not yet ready to be a client of mine they're just not and I'm okay with them lurking and watching my videos and going and binging YouTube for two years which a couple people have told me they've done wow I'm okay with them doing that until they get themselves themselves into a place where they're ready to say yes to them because I get it I had to say yes to myself finally that's a great point how do you how did you decide so so you once you embraced video you you have embraced video for quite a while yeah but now we have all of the different places we can be active with video how do you how have you chosen which platforms to give time and effort to um, initially I started with Facebook because it's the easiest. It's the mm -hmm. easiest from, a, um, the ability to reach. Now it, I'm going to say this, let me back up. Cause my formula that worked for me is not for everyone. I'm going to give this as an idea for those who are thinking about it. To me, Facebook was easier because that was where I already was communicating and connecting with folks my friends, family, military folks. So people that I had met over the years, I was already connecting with people in that space. And so it was easier from a, you have a network, you have people here that kind of know you. Um, it was also easier because Facebook itself kind of makes it easy and that they have yeah. groups and they have the live platform and they have, they so they have all these, the pages, all of that's in one space. Whereas with YouTube, I recognize that that would have that would be for me a significant learning curve and that you're really battling for attention <laughs> far beyond a specific yes. group of people that are centralized in some place. Right. So there's not groups tied to YouTube necessarily. There's not. So it wasn't as easy. I knew that 
SEO and all those other things came into play with YouTube. And I just kind of pushed back at that at the time. Facebook Live was where I started. LinkedIn, you can't even get on live unless you're approved, which I tried four times. My clients were getting on LinkedIn <laughs> live before I ever got on. Like it took me forever, <laughs> but they were, they were getting on and I'm like, well, you're getting on with the stuff I taught you. So how is that happening? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I tried Twitter because Twitter was initially where I started building my brand. And that used to be the space where I would really kind of play when I first started in business back in 2007, eight, around there, two, 2010. But it just has quickly become, it didn't become the thing, the place that I thought it was going to be. So I don't really broadcast there now. If I were giving somebody advice about where to start today, it would be probably to try Facebook Live if they felt like there was a possibility of the audience they want to serve being in that space because it's the learning curve and the tech and all of that are so much easier for Facebook Live. Or Instagram Live would be where I would tell them if Ooh. that's where they want to play because they just pick up their phone and click a button and go live and call it a day. You just don't get all the metrics and you don't get all the um, potential for being able to repurpose that you do with Facebook. So my three big ticket places right now in the moment are YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You know, Wrong. that's a great point. I I'll <laughs> echo that I started with Facebook Live because it was easy, both with where people were where I comfortably already was and the tech of it was easy. Um, yeah. You know, I loved that the tools that started being built out to make it go to other places had sort of started from Facebook and then went from there. And it's so much easier now to go live into multiple places. Um, and to repurpose is, is easier. That said, I still have learned learning curve of like, okay, how am I going to repurpose this over to to Instagram or how am I going to repurpose this or if I ever get approved, like, you know, Tanya said to, to LinkedIn, but you made a great point about where is it easy for you to get started? Where do you already have a network of people that can then start sharing your videos and where are your ideal people, you know? And yeah. if, if they're all on Instagram then you know, maybe that's where you start, like you said, pick up your phone and, and try it. I look for the path of least resistance now. Like, where do I feel like I'm not going to have all these self-imposed roadblocks, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Because if, if I can make an excuse not to do something, and this is me telling on myself, then I won't do it. If I'll I can convince my, oh, myself, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's too hard or that's too something, then I probably will not do it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's me in my head about Instagram reels telling myself it's too hard. If I want to do it and I want to do it right. And I got to show up a certain way. Yep. <laughs> and then I got to do this with the certain, you know, features <laughs> and. Oh my God, I'm my own, I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah, absolutely. And then not. we won't do it. We just don't, we just don't, we keep pushing back and we don't mm -hmm. do it. So I, I click around your website and I click over to YouTube and I, I see your your beautiful uh, deep pink branding. How recently did you go in, in a 
how recently did you choose this branding direction? Oh, that's, it's been, that's been a few years now. Yeah. Um, How did I get there though? Yeah. I kept tweaking. I started, I started with this deep burgundy when I used to be, be promotable career coach. <laughs> I started with this deep, deep, deep burgundy and, um, You know what? It's funny. It might be psychological, but I feel like the brighter and the more confident and the more energy I felt around what I was doing, the more I loved and enjoyed what I was doing. It's like I got drawn to different colors. It was probably still about the same. It was about a, a reddish shade of some kind always, but I remember trying a blue at some point and it didn't feel like me. Yeah. It just didn't feel right for me. And it didn't appeal to people that were in my space. And again, being an introvert, you would think red, you know, red, pink, hot pink, what? But I just, um, you know how you see a website or you see somebody else's brand or you see a color just in a, a room decor or something. And the more I started seeing these pinks, the more I thought, I feel like I could experiment with that. And that could work better for me. I've always said that I'm a black and brown and gray girl. Like I wear black all the time. And it hasn't been, I think it's been very recently that I started really using more color in everything I do. And I kind of wonder, based on your question, and again, processing out loud, it's almost like it's kind of growing with me. Mm -hmm. It's the level of energy, the level of joy, the level of enthusiasm I have for what I talk about is changing the brand. Yeah. It's making the brand more bold and more clear and more consistent so that when people see it, they're like, oh, that's her. <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't know, because again, we're on audio, but Tanya's entire setup, her color is literally shining through everywhere from the neon love sign to her pink lamps, the pink lava lamps, you know, it's, and it is, I think, and part of it, as you said, is you processed and you got bolder, your colors got bolder, which you could see that as you're, you know, you're attracting to that hotter pink and, and more energy, not you know, reds and, and burgundies. And I love that literally you've embraced it throughout everywhere. So somebody's going to see you and they're going to see your video. I'm like, yep, that's Tanya. Yeah, it's been a progression. What an interesting question. I've never been asked that. Uh, <laughs> well, creating a recognizable brand is, is just, everyone has that goal. Um, and I, I just see like from, from my Zoom screen with you right now to your website, I see the, the flow of it all. Uh, how does that, hmm, I want to talk about TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Jennifer and I, we, I think we've commiserated about we TikTok. We, we've talked about that. So I'm, I'm curious as to uh, what Kelly's question is and Tanya's answer. <laughs> well, 
Well, so TikTok is where I go to kill to to drain off brain cells. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I I follow you on TikToks. Um, I don't follow much. I don't follow much on TikTok because it's just a brain. It's just, I don't know. I guess I feel too smart on a given day and I just go kill some brain cells with whatever TikTok is (laughs) going at me. Um, But, but if I've chosen to follow, you know, it's probably because they're a friend or somebody just really compelling. Um, But I was just curious about your experience with TikTok so far. How do you like it? Um, mm. you don't do what so many other people do. All that I see everybody doing on, on TikTok right now is dancing while words appear on the screen. I know that they're going for some algorithm. They're playing some trend, some yep. trick, but I don't see you doing that. I've never seen you once go like this, you know. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing there's, the there's pointy fingers. Kelly's point, doing the pointy, pointy fingers. Pointy thing. <laughs> Jazz hands, pointy yeah. fingers. <laughs> What's your experience with, what has your experience with TikTok been? What do you like about it? Um... I'm still, the jury's still out for me. I actually brought, I hired a TikTok coach. I started, I paid, I invested in someone to work with me because I knew I I couldn't kick my own butt to do it. I just didn't want to do it. And Jennifer, you know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. Um, what well, I We didn't reckon- want to do what Kelly just said. We didn't want to dance, sing, point. Entertain people like yeah. that. No, I, I don't have an entertainment brand per se. I have an education and influence brand. Like that's what I want to do. I want to inspire people and motivate them to do something. And I don't necessarily want to do that by dancing and singing. That's not, and I can dance and I can sing too, but I don't want to for that. <laughs> I don't want to be a show monkey. Um. So I decided, <laughs> sorry, but I mean, I don't. I was um, convinced to create a space there only to do what I always do, which is to experiment. Mm -hmm. I wanted to reach out and I wanted to see, can I, just like I did with live streaming video, if my brand is get noticed with video, I need to be able to speak to, right? You know, I, I need to be able to answer that question. If people are coming to me and they're like, well, you said get noticed with video, but you're not doing the thing that is the most visible type of video out there, right? But my my experiment has to do with, let me see how doing short form video can enhance and connect back to what I love to do. I don't want it to take over what I do. It will never become the center point of what I like to do. Um, And nor will it be something that will make me or force me to rethink my values and what I hold dear about being a business owner. Because what I hold dear is the ability to have freedom of expression. And if I don't want to express myself by dancing and singing TikTok and nobody else is going to force me to do that. So I made the decision, okay, I'll be on there. 
but I'm going to do it in a way I want to do it. I'm going to leverage lives that I've already done. So my live stream videos, I will clip them and see what works best. And so what I found that works best is not when it looks super produced, but when I have cut out a vertical of just me speaking to the camera so that it looks similar to other videos that are vertical in the TikTok space. I've figured that out. Um, I will create some specific videos that I use my phone to create that are 30 seconds or 60 seconds long. But my purpose is not solely for TikTok. It will be because I'm going to use that on TikTok. I'm going to put it into YouTube shorts and I'm mm -hmm. going to use that same clip in Instagram reels and Facebook reels. So my goal is to, yeah, exactly. Cause Hey, if I, if I took the time to create this 60 second thing, it's going to be everywhere. It's not just about TikTok. So TikTok is kind of like a sidebar for me. It's mm -hmm. like, let me see what happens and see if I can reach people who don't know who I am because there's right. such high visibility in that space and draw them to want to find out more about me in my long form spaces. And that's been happening. It's been slow, but it's starting to happen because the more consistent I am, the more I'm finding that there are eyes on my content that otherwise wouldn't have been there. And like you, Kelly, some people are like, hey, this is different. She's not dancing. What's she doing? She's talking. She's showing something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, so. And I think it gets back to where we talked about at the beginning about you know, that you're you, you're Tanya, wherever you are from that progress. And you're going to still be Tanya on, on TikTok. You're going to do it your way. Not, not because of whatever algorithm. Yeah. And I came yep. back from a conference where we were also talking about, about TikTok and TikTok for other entities that, you know, like, we're, we're not, you know, and there was a, yeah, it's like, okay, sometimes we'll do the singing or the dancing or the funny ones to entertain the students and we're getting their eyeballs, but many more of them were no, we're going to use the same type of content we're using in, in other forms and platforms. And like you said, education, you know, education yeah. and getting them to go someplace else. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's great that you, I, I love that you're experimenting, you know, that you're going to try it out and that you're starting to see that the people that you wanted to follow you are following you to other places and spaces. Yeah. That's really what I want from that space. So uh, I'm not willing to sell out who I am to be in that space, yeah. but I am absolutely willing to leverage it mm -hmm. um, to fit into my plan, my overall strategy. Tanya takes over the world, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so my last question for you, Tanya, is what do you wish would happen next? in the world of video marketing, what do you wish for? Let me tell you my big vision, my big, big, big vision for the next four years for me and for Get Noticed with Video is to help level out the playing field of video so that there are more images of women over 50. There are more images of women of color. There are more images of women who are smart and talented and not shaking their butts or 
-hmm. doing something for sake of being seen, but that we're also seen as popular and as mainstream as some others. We're not gamers necessarily. We could be, but we're all, we have different experiences that we should be able to bring to be visible on video and on camera. My goal really with everything I'm doing right now and as I'm building out and enhancing my mission is around helping us to level up the playing field, to portray positive images of women of a certain age, size, race, physical ability or disability. Like I want that level. I don't see enough of that. I don't see enough of that. So I have to think that there are other people that don't see enough of that. Absolutely. There's like little spots. There's little sparkles every now and then you'll see it. But I want that to be mainstream like like I'm seeing some of the men do. Like I want to see us. I want to see more of us empowered and not having to do things that to me don't feel like you have power at all on camera. I, I, I want it. my girls to see more images of positive Yes. Yeah. Yes. What well, you know, absolutely. There's the strength, the beauty, the power, the smarts. You know, you're you're just as much an influencer as somebody who's, you know, some young skinny something on a beach somewhere, you know, and there are women, there are girls, there are your girls, there are others out there who absolutely need to see those models. And you know, power to you and power to the rest of us who can lift up that same example and amplify those voices that are out there because they do need to be seen. And I love that video, literally you're getting seen. Um, yeah. Over at daily faith, you know, we did the love changes the world summit. It's already been close to two months <laughs> since the summit ended, but I interviewed Carrie Wilkerson and She's, she said something really important, you know, about, she was saying representation matters, which, hello, she's not the first person to say it, but she just said it, she just said it again in a fresh way for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was asking her um, to speak to our audience about finding the courage to step up and, and publish their stories, be present on social media, get their websites going, like do that thing they're dreaming about doing. And I said, why, you know, what do you want to say to them? And, and she said, representation matters. Like if you feel like a little nobody grandma from, from nowhere, but you've got something to say, there are thousands of nobody grandmas from nowhere mm -hmm. who need to see you. Yep. Uh, stepping up. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just struck me again, you know, how everyone needs to see themselves out there in media. Everyone does. Yep. You know, every, everyone. Um, and I, I don't, 
I will not. I will not go on a rant this late in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we kidding? Um, Hey, that means we have another podcast episode we can talk about, right, Cal? Well, (laughs) um, so we always say when you have another idea and it sparks and there's a rant, they're like, that's another blog post. That's another email. That's another video. Great. You have more content. Yeah. Just the, I made a commitment back in 2020 that I would not be part of events that did not have a a full uh, inclusive stage. And I got to say, I'm, I got to say, I'm I'm pretty disappointed in 2022 at the number of stages I've seen that are not inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've said no to some events and, and my promise was not just that I would not participate in events that aren't inclusive, but that I would put on my brave big girl panties and tell the event organizer why I'm an L. Yeah. It's fucking hard to email somebody and say, your event looks fantastic. And I agree the topic is in my wheelhouse, but honey, where's your inclusivity? Where's, where's your, where's, where's my community on your stage? Where's my world on your stage? Mm -hmm. I only see white people. I only see young white people. Like maybe I'm the only gray hair you're inviting, you know, good for you. But what about, where's everybody else? I look at it for bundles. I look at it in giveaways. I look at it in summits. It's true in my, the other hat I wear as an event organizer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been true things that I've been teaching in two different spaces in terms of the imagery that we use. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm necessarily all on that, but I, I love the notion of being able to, to use the voice that you have and to use the different platforms that are out there as windows and as mirrors to show, you know, the representation to show that what's possible, you know, mm-hmm. in your community. So others can see it. So there can be others who go out and who do video, who, who blog, who, you know, podcast. Yes. Um, because they have voices and stories that matter. And, so- and they tell me this. So what, what you just said, what both of you just said is another validation it's, an, it's more messaging because I've heard from the women in my community when we have our co-working days and they let their themselves loose and they start speaking and they talk about rooms where they were asked to leave. Spaces where they were asked not to be a part of because, hey, she's not she's not one of us. You know, they've talked about this and they've been very vocal. And so I recently had a little bit and like you said, I won't go on a tangent, but recently I had a little bit of an eye opener. I had a little bit of a test and a trial because I've gotten very specific about my languaging in my copy for my academy and for my other spaces. I'm really clear about who my target market is and how I speak to them and why this space is safe and sacred for us. And I've had some people challenge me recently on that. 
um, to the point to where someone who was a white male was really just like, I don't know if he was mad or he just wanted to understand, well, I want to be a part of this too. And I said, well, you know what? You and I can talk. Let's talk about it because I want to meet you and I want to understand your intentions because there are a lot of spaces for you. There are not very many spaces for the women that are in my space. There just aren't. And they've made it clear to me that they feel like if I were to change the dynamics too dramatically for this academy where they feel like they can say whatever they want and be accepted, that they would stop talking. They have come out and told me that. So I met with this one particular gentleman, older gentleman. He said, well, I fit into one of your categories, the age group. I said, okay, I understand what you're saying at the same time. What you don't understand, what you don't get is what it is like to be a woman who is not allowed to be in the spaces that you get to be in. You can move wherever you want. You can come here. You can go there. You can go wherever you want. And you're accepted because you're a white male. Doesn't matter what your age is. Anybody will accept you without question. These women have come to this space because they feel like they can say what they need to say and get support and be loved on and that it's confidential and private and not taken out of context. And they're not being questioned about why they feel a certain way. Like, why do you feel like that? Sometimes I, I that bothers me more than you yeah. just accepting the fact that I, I just told you this is how I feel. Can you not accept that? But now you're questioning why and making me try to question why I feel that way. I feel that way because, and why do I need to explain it? So after we got done talking, I was very clear with him. And I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to let you, this is a trial. I'm going to allow you to play in this space, but this is a trial for me as much as it is for you. I will not allow you into the co-working space where we have these sacred conversations. You can be in the training space because that's like a, digital marketing is digital marketing, whatever. But when we do our co-working, we have these crying moments and emotional tear moments. You don't get access to those replays and you don't get to be a part of that for now. Yep. Because I want to see how you interact, what your true intentions are in this community and how they accept you or don't. So I had to be, and it, was it hard? Yes, Kelly. <laughs> Cause I started second guessing like, Ooh, can I tell him no? <laughs> yes. I started going backwards. Like, well, am I good enough to tell him no? Cause he wants to pay his money. No, all money is not good money. And I told him that to his face on the zoom call, your money is going to be good for the moment. But if you're not right for this space and it jacks up the dynamics of what I'm trying to create, I will refund you every penny. I don't care how much access you've had. I'll refund you in a heartbeat and I don't have a problem with that. And then I put it in writing yeah, so that both he and I are clear. <laughs> but that's the thing. This, what we do when we are, like you said, representation matters. And feeling like you're confident and comfortable in a cocoon where no one's going to question why you feel the way you feel, 
That is so key to helping women to feel that courage and to be able to fly out of here on their own. Yeah. It's just, I, I can't be more clear than I am right now because of all the feedback I've heard for the last year from the women, the ladies that are in this space. And I'm just fiercely protective of it. And if that means I lose money, then oh well. Yeah. Community matters. It's your community. It's what you've built. And, And you're showing and modeling for them to build their own communities that they do have the right and the space to say no. That Maybe that's one of the beauties of us as solopreneurs. We set our own rules. Yeah. So power to you to set those boundaries and those rules for your business and for yourself and for your community. I didn't mean to keep you so long. <laughs> thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart and your fierce, your fierceness for for your community it's exciting thank you tanya it's exciting to think about all the people that are learning and growing with you you know they're going to embody this dream that you have as they get out there more and and own their spaces so i hope so and you thank you so much i hope so thank you for having me (laughs) 